All right, what's up for everybody? Hello. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. You mind if I just jump in? Let's just jump in. Let me go ahead. Yeah, you guys are ready. Let's jump in. Let me go ahead and pray uh, before we continue on here. So uh, join me in praying. Father, we thank you so much for gathering each person here and for all that the work that you are doing in our lives just right now in our midst and just through your word and your spirit, just drawing us to yourself. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit to speak your truth well in a way that uh, honors you, that glorifies you, and that we can apply to our lives, that we can see life change happen as a result of tonight, as what you do, Lord, uh, through us in all these different ways. We're just so grateful for your presence here with us. And I pray that you would just make your glory even more known to us as we're sitting here tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, the top of your handout, there's a title on the left. Pieces form the whole. Pieces form the whole. That, it's at the top there, and that is the name of a song from... It's from the movie The Social Network, directed by David Fincher. Has anybody seen this movie that I'm referring to, The Social Network? We got a couple. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's an instrumental song from that movie. I like this movie quite a lot. I like the soundtrack for this movie a lot. It's a very good uh, kind of in-the-zone, instrumental, kind of that sort of thing, uh, soundtrack. And so I don't know how someone chooses to title um, an instrumental song right, because there's no chorus to grab a phrase from in order to use for the title, right? I don't know how they chose that, but for some reason, the artists decided on the title, the name, Pieces Form the Whole, and it's an apt name, I think, because there's a very noticeable sense of layering throughout that track, layering different sounds and instruments together. Various synths come in throughout the song, and they complement each other. And not only that, but I would say that some of those sounds would sound strange or even unpleasant if they were just by themselves, if they were on their own. And that's the case for a lot of music. This isn't, you know, unique to that song, but that's just an example based on that title that comes to my mind. And regardless of how different or perhaps even unpleasant these sounds might sound on their own. As part of the composition, they make something new. They make something whole. Pieces form the whole. And in Romans 15, on your handout, this is from the Bible, it says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just like in music, people can come together, can create harmony that results in a unified voice or a song to the glory of God. And so last week I introduced our series about going from broken to restored. That's what we're going to be talking about in our large group meetings for the next several weeks and we explored last week the fact that God alone has the power to make you whole as, as you give your life to following Jesus. There is a personal journey that each one of us 
is on right now. And we need to go on this journey, first of all, starting with learning what it means to follow God. Then we commit our lives to him. And then we live a life with him in the driver's seat. And that's kind of the the order, the, pr- the process of that. But the process does, does not happen in a vacuum, right? That process does not happen just by yourself, you personally, just trying to make your way, trying to learn about God more. No, the people who you surround yourself with are, the, are part of your story. They're part of your story, and they're going to either break you or build you up. The people you surround yourself with, they're a part of your story, and they're going to either break you or build you up. And the Bible tells us about the value of healthy relationships. In Ecclesiastes, it says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? How can, and if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So in a godly, healthy community, broken people who are being made whole produce harmony, not dissonance. And so the, three, the things I want to talk about tonight are specifically three pursuits of our relationships, especially as you go throughout college. And so I'm going to highlight these three things. First of all, pursue healthy community. Got some blanks on your handout if you'd like to fill out with that pen you received. Pursue healthy community. So this is the first step here. And this point applies to you, whether you're a Christian, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not. This point applies to you. I have two principles about healthy community that I that I want to get at as we learn about healthy community. So who here, for, by show of hands, considers himself an extrovert? Who's an extrovert? Raise your hands. Okay, okay, interesting. What about the introverts? Okay, okay, all right. We got some more introverts here. Welcome. You, you made it. You made it out here, you know? So extroverts, we'll get to you in a minute. As for me, I am naturally not a people person. Okay, I'm pretty comfortable not being around people. I'm a, I am an introvert. And I remember being in college, and this particular verse stuck, struck out, stuck out to me. Proverbs 18.1 says, One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. Wow, like that feels harsh. I feel attacked Sometimes it just is nice to isolate, right, guys? My introverts, you know, we're not very loud, but ooh, you know, a little bit, right? Is it how how bad could it be to, you know, get some me time, some alone time every once in a while, right? A man who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. Are you joking? My, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel this way sometimes. My life would be so much less complicated and messy if other people weren't in it. Does anybody feel that way? Honestly, okay, we got to, yeah, I admitted it. Sorry, guys. But, but my life would be less enriched and meaningful if other, pre- if other people weren't in my life. My life would be less enriched and meaningful. I would not be the person I am today 
if I hadn't invested in healthy relationships, healthy community. And so principle number one of pursuing healthy community is to befriend people, okay? So if you need to step out of a comfort zone in order to go there, in order to befriend people, then I encourage you to do it. We need to do our best to make a point, make a habit of this, and to be intentional with befriending people. And so we need to take action and see the value of the people around us. And so now, okay, I'm going to turn my attention to the extroverts. You guys ready? Okay, great. Yeah, there they are. (laughs) The, The few but mighty. So Proverbs 13 20 says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. This applies to both types of people here, but have you, have you experienced that firsthand? The companion of fools will suffer harm. Have you ever been in a situation where you did something stupid with a group of friends and you had to face the consequences, right? Perhaps that's happened to you. And so, Not only do we need to befriend people intentionally, but principle number two, we need to befriend the right people. It's not enough to just just, just try and make whatever friends we want. But no, we need to befriend the right people, people who are going to lead us in doing the best things for their life, being wise. See, wisdom versus foolishness, we see that in the Bible, fleshed out, especially in the Proverbs. And we want to... Who do you want to be at the end of four years when you're done with college? Do you want to be shipwrecked by the people in your life who you might have hung out with and they weren't such a good idea to hang out with, but you did it anyway and you're distant from them, there's broken relationships, it's messy, and you have little to to show for it? Or do you want to be friend the wise, to become wise alongside of those people and to have just a host of other people that are coming alongside of you as you all exit the college sphere together. This is the, the decision we have before us. I have a side note here, too, about dating. Are you guys interested? Whoever walks with the wise, they might marry somebody wise, right? But the companion of fools will probably marry a doofus. That's not in there. That's not in the Bible, but that's... True, I believe. So if you pick your friends, you pick your future. The the friends that you choose are going to affect your life, the reality of your life, okay? So we need to start by pursuing healthy community. And next, pursue spiritual unity. Pursue spiritual unity. That's on your handout. And so like I said, that first section has to do with anybody whether you're a follower of Christ or not, I believe that you can belong to a community like this one and be enriched and enjoy your time here. But there's something missing, honestly, from your life if you are not committed your life to Christ. And so to be, being a follower of Jesus means that you are united with the capital C Church of God. And so when you think of church, it's not, it's not just a building it's more than that. In Matthew 18, 20, Jesus says, for where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so when we gather together, when we are a part of the body of Christ, we're a part of the family of Christ, then he's with us. And he makes our connections, our relationships more, even more valuable. 
The Bible says that when you commit your life to Christ, you are adopted into his family. There is so much value, like I said, to be derived from belonging to a community like this one, just by itself. That's great. But there is even greater value to be derived from belonging to Jesus, as well as belonging to a community like this one. And so I'll move on to what this, the Bible has to say about believers in community with one another, one another in regard to unity. And Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So that peace that they're talking about here, this is from Christ. We're, we're broken on our own. We can't generate that kind of thing on our own. But that peace comes from Christ. And, and if we're part of loving, peaceful, harmonious community together, and if God's working in each of our hearts, each of our lives, then he, he knits us together in a peaceful way that is so different than the way a lot of other people live with their friends, with the, the disunity, with the conflict, with the arguments that often come with the friendships that we naturally form with people. And so one part of that unity that we see in God's word, spiritually unity that we want to pursue, is this peace that comes from Christ alone. And then also in Ephesians 4, it says this, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from him, the whole body, joined and, and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so there's a lot of things that I see in this verse that talk to us about the life of a believer in the context of other believers. And one thing that we see is as each part does its work at the, at the tail end of that verse. And so we are, as followers of Christ, working together toward a common goal of obedience together, of making disciples together, of serving other people together alongside of each other. That's another aspect of the, the unity, the community, but also the unity that we have with each other if you, are, if you are a follower of Christ. And so that's what we see in spiritual unity. And then finally, pursue growth opportunities. Pursue growth opportunities. And we see that from that, that verse we just read, Ephesians 4, it says, every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So as we do that work together, that work that God has set apart for us, for each of us, but us collectively to do, then what we see is that we are built up in love. We grow in love together. And so that growth happens in this context of community. It is, once again, it's not in the vacuum. And 2 Timothy 2.22 says this, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So those youthful passions, that could be a lot of things, lusts or things that we think are going to satisfy us, that have no hope of generating the satisfaction that you and I are trying to get out of anything that is, not, that is not Jesus, that is not following him. 
And so there's these youthful passions, as the verse says, that we often pursue. But no, we need to flee that and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. These good characteristics, these fruits of the Spirit. And then it says, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So if we're doing that together, we're spurring each other on, and we're growing together. Once again, just as a community and as individuals who are following God together. And so we want to surround ourselves with people who are also pursuing these goals of character and growth. And then in James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is hard, okay? The vulnerability, the openness to have to, to talk to somebody about what it is you're struggling with, what it is you're going through or challenged by, or, or even ways that you're falling into sin, you're tempted. Being honest about those things is the only way that we're going to experience healing, as this verse is saying. The, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Pray, confess and pray so that you may be healed. That is part of the healing, the restoration, the wholeness that we experience only in this body of Christ kind of way, family of Christ kind of way. He, he ultimately makes you whole from the inside out. He's the only one who's going to satisfy you and mend you in that way. But there's a sense in which we're only going to be made whole through the lives of other people around us, other believers. And so we want to be open and honest in our communication, in our confession, our accountability. And that's hard to do. And that's something, especially as somebody who naturally wants to draw away and not have to share too openly or too, you know, and too scary or uh, in ways that I'm insecure about, perhaps. But I found in college that as I leaned into community, into the challenge community that you're a part of, uh, I, I found that that vulnerability that comes from that is refreshing and it, it, it lets me to drop my guard in a way that is, is so freeing, honestly. And so I encourage you to step into that vulnerability, that openness with people who are here to, to protect you, to guide you, to join alongside you, to encourage you in all these things. So submit yourself to the prayer and the accountability of other people. We are pieces, broken pieces that form the whole together. And so as I conclude here, here are some applications based on what I've just said. So the first thing I can encourage you to do is to give your life to Jesus. If I wasn't clear about that last week, and maybe that's something that you're still trying to figure out, and that's okay. But I encourage you to make him the Lord of your life, because that is the way, that's the only way that we're going to experience the restoration that that we're craving, that we're desperate for. Nothing else is going to heal you of your brokenness. Being joined to the family of Christ unlocks a new dimension of community in your life. Being joined to the body of Christ, the family of Christ, unlocks a new dimension of community in your life. Another potential application for you besides giving your life to Jesus 
is to join a life group. I encourage you to join a life group. We have these happening on Thursday. In fact, on the back of your handout, there's the cover there. And then right there is some phone numbers, some addresses, ways to get in contact with these different life groups that Amy and Ellie already mentioned. And so join us for those every Thursday, 8 p.m., throughout the semester. Just pick something and, and run headlong toward Jesus. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart in the context of a life group. That's such a valuable place for that. And then a third application for you is to get discipled. Get discipled. You might be unsure of what that means, and that's, but that's something we see in Scripture as a valuable way for us to, to grow and to interact with the body of Christ. And so I encourage you to seek that. So seek somebody who can mentor you, who can disciple you, who can show you, who, who's been where you are, who can really guide you in different ways. And so there's a lot more that I could say about that, but we as Challenge value discipleship. And so if you have more questions about that, please let me or somebody know, write it on your connection card that we're going to get into in a minute. And uh, that's all I have for you. I'm so glad that, once again, you decided to be a part of this, that you're here tonight. The fact that you're here means that you're interested in these things I'm talking about, in community, in unity, in growth opportunities. So the fact that you're here is a testament to your desire to grow in these things. So I hope that you continue in that through the fun stuff that we have going on and also by studying the Bible alongside other people in the context of those small groups. And then, of course, come to our Tuesday night large group meetings. They're going to be in the arts building starting next week. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll jump into the next part. Father, thank you so much for just using other people, that, that tool in our lives to make us more like you. God, we can't understand that process. And sometimes we want to do it on our own, or sometimes we want to maybe do it with people that aren't going to lead us in the right direction. But Lord, you know what's best for us. And so I pray that we would all make a, a conscious effort to follow you personally, and then on top of that, to follow you in the context of community so that we can be a part of the whole, the body that you have designed for each one of us to be a part of. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.